Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to talk today about um, grace and your calling and faith and how that all works together. I know I've been promising you that uh, follow-up podcast on managing time, but please, the more time I take to do it, the better it'll be. So it'll come, and it'll be worth the wait. But let's read. Um, I want to read from Romans uh, chapter 12. Actually, let's start in Ephesians. Let's start in the other verse. Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 7. And it says, um, it says here, But unto every one of us is given grace. Everyone say grace. But unto every one of us is given grace. So everybody has grace. But everyone, unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. What is he talking about? He's talking about what the the people he places in the church. Now that he ascended, what is it also that he descended first in the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, these are the gifts he gave to the church. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, that means the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of Man, of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what is he saying here? He's saying, first of all, every believer has a part to play. You know, we know in 1 Corinthians um, uh, 14, 12, 13, 14, it talks about, you know, every there's a first Corinthians 12, it talks about the parts of the body, right? That there's a toe, there's an eye, the toe shouldn't say to the eye, I'm not worth, I don't have any value because I'm not an eye, but there's a part to play for everybody. So there's a grace for the place. There's a grace for what God has called you to do. And I believe this will help you in settling down and being calm on the inside, because I know for people who, you know, desire to receive a touch from the Lord, there's, there's the anointing that God places on your life when you press in there's, there's going to a new level, right? There's always uh, pressing in further for God to uh, unlock another river, if you will. But there's a grace, which is God's ability. Um, God's ability on the inside of you. Paul said, uh, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, uh, I, I labored more than all the other apostles put together. I labored more than all the other apostles, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God within me. So, so here the Lord is saying, I'm, I'm putting a grace on your life that goes along with the calling for your life. So if you're called to be an apostle, there's an apostolic grace that's given. If you're not called to be an apostle, you're not going to have the same grace. There's a grace for pastors to, to shepherd the flock and care for the flock. And that grace is not there for evangelists. Now, I, I believe people can, people can, in the same way, there's a grace for an evangelist. And so there's practical God's ability for people to do something. You know, if you look at ministry callings, there's people who look at, man, you as an evangelist, you travel that much. You're gone 46 weeks of the year. You're traveling all that time. How do you pack suitcase after suitcase and plane after plane and rental car after rental car? How do you just, how do you put up with this? How do you do it? And then there's, you know, evangelists who look and say, how do you minister to the same people week after week? You have to have phone conversations. You know, it's like an evangelist can be seen in that, he, when the service is done, you know, he may hang around, but he's not like hanging around dealing with the pastor. It's the pastor's responsibility when the service is over. Uh, it's the pastors of the church that are there, that 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 are there to help shepherd the flock. And so a pastor can't, if he's dealing with a small church, he can't preach and then just beeline out the door, never spend time with the people. You're called to 
to shepherd the people. You're obviously called to uh, be in the Word, so your 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 whole time isn't filled with visiting, doing house visitations, and meeting with people. You need to be dedicated to the Word and prayer. But there is the 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 oversight of the flock of that local church. But there's a grace that goes along with it. So you can, a lot of times, you obviously listen for the voice of God, but if you don't have a clear leading, first of all, the Lord will just lead you in the way that you should go. And when you need to know, you'll know. But there's a gracing that comes. And for some people, it's, man, I, I, I love being planted. I love that I could, you know, have a place where I'm planted and, and I'm here building something that the roots go down deep. And then for other people, it's I'm called to travel and go to place to place. And then, hey, I'm called to teach. You know, it's the people can look and compare and say preaching is better than teaching. But Jesus did both. Jesus actually taught more than he preached, according to the, the language of the, the New Testament. But teaching is not better than preaching. You need both. Preach means to proclaim. So to hear the gospel, you need the preaching. You need good preaching. You need to have the gospel proclaimed to you. But then also teaching means to explain and to expound. So teaching brings clarity when you have good teaching. So some people, you know, you get born again. And there's also obviously times where you're born again where you're still listening to preaching. Preaching is fires you up. You know, you get preaching is there to inspire. Teaching is there to explain and give you an understanding. And so there's a place for both. So people can get into a place of comparison or, I, you know, I'm called to do this and it's not of great of a calling. There's a place for everybody. And so we shouldn't look and compare. We should say, thank God they're evangelists. Thank God they're pastors. Imagine if they were all evangelists and no pastors. All these sheep that had no shepherd, right? Imagine if they were all pastors and no evangelists. No one to go out and imagine if the pastors weren't doing the work of the evangelist. An evangelist that can come in and stir things up and get people on fire. And then and then people who can go out and plant churches and not you know not spend 10 years in each church or take not just plant one church and raise it, but plant church after church. You look at people like... Benson Idahosa in Nigeria, who started 9,600 churches over his lifetime. And he pastored one, but he started 9,600 over his lifetime. So that was a true apostolic. That's a sent one, right? And so these are the gifts that God gives to the body of Christ to, to help to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. But what does he say? There's grace given according to the gift that God's called you to be. So you won't have the same grace as somebody else. And so God's made it that your grace allows you to stand in that office and use his ability. So where for somewhere else, it's stressful to do this stuff. Someone who's graced, there's just a grace to do it. So you got to learn to draw on that grace. Because even if you're in Bible school, if you're in high school, if you're in college, if you're in the workplace, if you're where God has called you to be, there's a grace that goes alongside that. Many people just like the idea of being stressed out, you know, like, oh, I'm stressed out. I'm so busy. And that's like a badge of honor, like how busy they are. No, it's not a badge of honor to be stressed out. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. Grace allows you to stand and do what you need to do and serve God and have a supernatural ability where you're you can do it with joy in your heart. And, and so there's some people who don't know how to tap into the grace and they're in their calling, but they don't know how to tap into the grace. And then they just think, well, it must not be God's plan for me to do this. You know, when I go soul winning, it's always very stressful. So I guess God doesn't want me to win souls. We obviously know that anything in the word God graces you for, but there's a grace that goes along with the calling. So I want to turn then to Romans chapter 12. And it says, I'm going to read verse three. It says, for I say through the grace given unto me, this is Paul, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So now he's talking about a measure of faith. 
And then he says, verse um, five, verse four, for as, as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teaches on teaching, he that exhorts on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity. He that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so he starts talking about these different parts that we have to play. And so for us, the thing that should be comforting most of all is that when God has called you to something, he's already graced you to do it. You don't need to, Lord, now that you called me, help. You know, he, he, the grace goes along with the calling. It's like if you get called into the military and you get recruited and there's a calling. All right, you're assigned to this battalion, this regiment. What's going to go along with that? Well, you're going to have provisions for food. You're going to have a place to stay. And you're also going to be equipped with weapons. No, They're not sending you out to battle. Hey, man, um, you know, I know you responded to the call to come into the military, but... You know, we don't have any guns, but just get out there and just do your best. See if you can like take a gun from an enemy and what? No, you got to You, if you want me to get out and do the job, I'm doing your work. You got to equip me for it. And so God places a call. And when he places a call, he places the grace to do the call, the supernatural ability on the inside of you. So say that with me. Say, I have the ability from God to do what he's called me to do. You know, when the word calls you to live a holy life, there's a grace to live a holy life. There's actually a grace to never sin again. And you have it as a born-again believer. I heard someone say that all sin for a Christian is a lack of discipline. And so there's a grace for you to walk free from those things. Why? Because the Lord has called you to do it. He wouldn't leave you without the ability to do what he's called you to do. I want to read to you part of um, the prophecy that I received. This was actually July 24th, 1994. And this has helped me because I, I read this in the Word, and then I saw this in the prophecy, which was the Word from the Lord, from Kim Clement, when I was, um, this was five days before my eighth birthday. And I'm just going to read the first little paragraph here, and it says, And I saw an anointing on him when I was praying. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you to take the flame and the torch that was presented to your family. I have anointed you for it. So what was that? So what do you have? You have the call of God, and then you have the anointing. So at seven years old, the Lord placed an anointing. I didn't have a you know, supernatural encounter with God where I laughed for a day or you know, had this feeling. This was just God calling me to this and then placing an anointing on my life to get the job done. Grace and anointing are very similar. Um, I've anointed you for it, for God says there is life in you. And as you stand before me, I recognize the blood that goes into your veins. And therefore, I place upon you the anointing that I challenge your family with. And God says, I will take you and you will go to the nations. You'll even go to the United States of America and you'll defeat the spirit that tried to torment your family. You will do it, but I'm giving you a double portion of the spirit. And God says you'll become a household name because of the anointing that rests upon your life. I anoint your voice. I anoint your hands. I anoint your blood. I anoint your makeup. I anoint your genealogy. I anoint every part of your life because from this minute forth, I have taken everything I've presented to you. There's the call. Everything I've presented to you in your household and you shall do it. And you shall bring a flame upon nations because of the anointing I've placed upon you this day, says the Lord of hosts. That's actually the whole thing. And I don't read that to say, oh, look at me, this call that I got, but to show you that with the call, hey, this is what I'm challenging. I've challenged your family with it. No one's done it. I'm challenging you with it. But along with it, I'm placing an anointing to get the job done. So if God has called you, if you say, I know I'm called to do this, 
there's a grace that comes along with it. And whether you know what God's call is, there's a grace to do what he's called you to do. And so you can, re- you can rest knowing that, yes, we do press in for, for, for anointing, for a touch from God. You know, there's an infilling. There's still the baptism of the Holy Ghost that needs to come. There's infillings of the Holy Ghost. They're still pressing in, receiving the joy. There's still those things. But there's a specific grace that you have to carry out the work that he's called you to do. And so if you stay in the lane that God has called you to, you'll have a divine grace where, you know, it looks like it's still hours that you put in and still, you know, you're, you're of a good work ethic, but it, where it doesn't, it doesn't stress you out and leave you all, oh, it's been so hard. There's a grace. There's a supernatural ability to tap into. So say this with me. Say, I have grace to do what God calls me to do. So if God's called you to Bible school, there's grace to be in Bible school. And if you knew, man, I knew the Lord sent me here, then Lord, I'm here and I need the grace to finish. I need the grace to continue. There's a grace to do what he's called you to do. And there's a, and there's a grace that accompanies the call of God. And so I want to challenge you today is, is when you pray and you have time to, and you, and you take time to pray, ask the Lord, Lord, thank you for the grace that you've given me. The Bible actually says that we grow in grace through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So there's actual graces that we can enter into. When you go to a new level in the anointing, it's it's actually an increased grace in your life. It's a grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that's being increased. Oh, the Lord's, Lord, grace me with divine discernment. Lord, grace me, Lord, with supernatural, supernatural manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. Grace me with these. And so you can reach out in prayer and desire earnestly the best gifts. But when you've been called to do an office, even if it's not ministry, if it's the Lord's called me to be in the ministry of helps and to, to just be a help, to be a number two or to be, you know, someone, there's a grace. There's a grace to do it. There's a grace to be a husband or a wife. There's a grace to be a student. Oh, I'm not very good at studying. Oh, receive the grace to be better at studying. Lord, you said I have the mind of Christ. Lord, anoint my mind to, to study. Anoint my mind to learn. Anoint my mind to read and comprehend. Anoint it, Lord. Give me the, Lord, I thank you that from this day forward, I enter into the grace. And then the key, and we may take a podcast and deal with this, but the key is staying in the spirit of God, staying in the place of the Holy Ghost. That's the place of faith. That's the place of grace. That's the place of joy. That's the place of peace. That's the place where what, what's difficult for some people is easy for you. You look at Pastor Rodney and you wonder why, man, he can sleep three, four hours a night. He can preach night after night, morning after morning, do camp meetings, and he's not worn out at the end. He's, he's reinvigorated. Why? He's, he's, first of all, he's under the anointing. Secondly, he's graced to do it. So whatever God's called you to do may look crazy to other people, but there's a grace to do it. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for pouring your grace lavishly on us. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.